Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me as always is my co-host, my lovely co-host, Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I'm good. When you said through Nick and Thin, I was picturing it in a British accent, but in like an Essex accent where you'd say through Nick and Finn. Through Nick and Finn. I think... You love that accent. I do love that accent. You know That's how I, I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm feeling like I love that accent. Yes. Which has nothing to do with this movie, but no. that's well, where my mind went. There's a slight connection to that, which we'll discuss oh later. Oh my God. I already forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> we love a good Essex accent, but what I don't love is how weird I probably sound on this week's episode. I've got some sniffles, but we're just going to power on through. So I don't want the fan mail asking if I'm all right. Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> Our mailbox is only so big. Our P.O. box. Our P.O. box can only fit so many letters. We get an old, a big old-timey mail bag, a sack of mail that gets dropped on our desk on a weekly basis. Here's all your fan mail, Steve, and I have to sort through it all. And most of it is like, Steve, are you okay? Yeah, it's that. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly Steve, are you okay? You weren't particularly funny last week. No. <laughs> and then the other half is like, I'm a Nigerian prince and I'm in desperate need of some funds. <laughs> Please wire me $4 million by the end of the week. When the prince of Nigeria asks you for $20, you don't decline the prince of Nigeria. Anyhow. What Color did we out watch? of space. <laughs> we watched Color Out of Space this week. And Han, before you describe some of the background information, I'll just briefly recap the movie for you. Uh, Nicholas Cage you. plays a man who moves his family from the big city out to a farmhouse that used to be owned by his parents. And let's just say through certain events, his family gets closer together. Um, and that's all I'll say right now. Through Nick and, th- and through Finn. Uh-huh. You didn't react. To, okay, we're gonna go through this movie, but I'll tie I'll tie it back together later. His you family said certain events. His family gets closer together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain why that's funny later. Every good joke, you have to explain it. Oh, so, man. anyhow, that's the mark of a good joke. Yeah, over explanation. This is a weird one. I would only recommend watching this movie if you're okay with weird movies. Yeah. Yeah. So This is by the same production company that made Mandy. Ah, Mandy was another weird one. I thought Mandy was better than I this. I agree. That Mandy was better than this. And but I think there's a few reasons why. Similar which, feel. Which but... So anyway, Han, let's kick I think this... I was halfway through a sentence. I think you were in a sentence and then our cat started clawing at the door. <laughs> so Jesus. I'm just going to blow right past that and say... Han, why don't you kick us off, as you usually do, give us a little background information on this movie. I think you usually start with some numbers, if I'm not mistaken, after 94 episodes. (laughs) How could you forget? Uh Uh-huh. Color Out of Space, 2019. The second of many. Forget how many we said last time. There's quite a few in 2019. movies in 2019. It's like six or something. Yeah. This has a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb and an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is quite high. Yeah, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is more film critics, and film critics tend to like weird shit. Yeah, you're right. Film critics do tend to like weird shit. Mm -hmm. So that's, this was some weird shit. Oh, it sure was. (laughs) It had a budget of somewhere between 6 and 12 million, which is a pretty broad range, but I couldn't pinpoint the number, so we're going to go with that. Even on the lower end, 6 million... It's kind of low, but it's, I guess there's yeah. a decent amount of CGI and practical effects in this movie. So it's there's also lower some than big names in this movie. Yeah, well, there's, there's Nick like Cage, two. there's yeah. Jolie Richardson, who oh, yeah. um, she's Natasha Richardson's sister. Yes, and she was apparently in Snowden, which I don't remember oh. who she played. No, I don't remember her in that movie either. And then there's of course Tommy and Chong, Tommy Chong, who doesn't have any scenes with Nicolas Cage, unfortunately. You're right. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. He mentions him. He does. He talks about him. So I'll talk about him in that context later. Sounds good. All right. So this movie is based on a short story. Yes. By the author H.P. Lovecraft. 
And the short story came out like 93 years before this movie was made. Wow. So it's quite old. Hmm. H.P. Lovecraft was a cosmic horror author, sci-fi yes. author, a lot of horror and sci-fi uh-huh. genres. Yeah. He also wrote a, a novel or a story, I'm not sure which it was, called The Dunwich Horror. Okay, which, I'm unfamiliar. Um, this, so this, this movie, Color Out of Space, was directed by Richard Stanley, and he announced that uh, The Dunwich Horror would be the second part of a trilogy. Mm. Color Out of Space would be the first part. Then he wanted to make the Dunwich Horror, and then mm. I don't know what the third one was going to be. Okay. But it was canceled this past year, March 2021, when Richard Stanley was accused of domestic abuse by his former partner, mm. and Spectre Vision, the production company, cut ties with him. Okay. So there's for not going second, to be... For a second there, I thought you were saying he got accused of abuse by his partner, comma, Inspector Vision. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, what a name on this guy. <laughs> His partner, like his his, his like life love partner, partner, right? His love partner, period. Former, not comma, then period. His former partner. Uh huh. I don't know her name. Okay, or his name. Her name. Okay, I, I it was there. I just okay. didn't feel like writing it down. Sure, because it didn't matter. Right, because it doesn't directly pertain to Nicholas Cage. It, exactly. Yeah. Not that it. Do- yeah. Right. Thank not you. that. It not that it matter. doesn't matter. Right. Right. But right. Yeah. It for the purpose of this Nicholas Cage podcast, I didn't want to waste my handwriting to write down this person's name of course but uh, clearly we, we digress we digress clearly richard stanley sucks and yeah they're not making this trilogy that's okay could have been interesting richard stanley though interesting dude this is the first feature film that he's made in 24 years wow he's known for a movie called hardware which is a horror movie that came out in 1990 okay and he also wrote or uh, directed a movie called Dust Devil, which came out in 1992, which Nick Cage was originally supposed to be in. Uh. So Richard Stanley and Nick Cage, this is their first time working together. But if Nick Cage was in that 92 movie Dust Devil, then they would have worked together prior. Mm. It's a uh, missed connection. Yeah. Miss, you know. Just, yeah. Uh, just missed love connection between the two because the they had qu- quite a love connection, uh-huh. as I'll discuss. Um, oh. Richard Stanley is interesting um to say the least uh-huh. he and he so he he tried to make this movie in 2011 he's or he had been mm. trying to make this movie since 2011 okay huge hp lovecraft fan mm. i don't i don't even know in 2010 there was a black and white adaptation of color out of space oh. in germany that was made so it's like in <laughs> german it's a german film um i could see it being really cool if it were black and white and then the color that comes from out of space spoiler alert oh perhaps were in color perhaps. yeah almost like a wizard of oz kind of thing or pleasantville kind of thing that would be cool yeah so richard stanley i guess in a spiritual effort to mm. get this film made he and henrik moeller a swedish filmmaker performed a ritual to the lovecraftian god so i Ooh. guess lovecraft wrote about different mystical gods. gods okay named yog sothoth ah while yes. in the pyrenees to get this film made did they tape it and I like don't send it around so. as like there was just a prayer i don't think it yeah i don't think it was like a publicity stunt okay. like i think that they genuinely thought in 2011 or whenever they did this that performing a ritual to lovecraft and his god uh-huh yog Sothoth. Yog Sothoth. Soft. 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 Yog Soft Ass. Soft Ass. Yog Soft Ass. Would would get the film made in the Pyrenees. And you know what? And it did. It worked. It did. It ten years later, but it did. So w- anything you want to do ten years from now, if you perform a Lovecraftian ritual, oh. it's likely to happen. Ooh. That's just, I mean... Like you want that big promotion in ten years? Yeah, yeah. Do a Lovecraftian ritual. I can't think of many things in ten years that I know that I want to do. Uh huh. That I would need to perform a ritual now for. I wonder how specific you can make it. I wonder if it only has to do with Lovecraft. So if <laughs> I want to do something involving H.P. Lovecraft in ten years, I right. need to perform this ritual tomorrow. Right. Right. <laughs> 
like you're like you're an accountant and you do a Lovecraft ritual for a promotion in ten years, and then in ten years you become the accountant for the estate of H.P. Lovecraft. But like by maybe we should make a movie about that. Whoa, love it. Maybe that's a part of the trilogy. Let's let's make the trilogy without making the trilogy. Let's write it right now. <laughs> you and me. Let's bounce ideas off of each other. Let's well, get some dialogue going, some character work. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to do much with Lovecraft because uh-huh. he's very popular, but uh, was also publicly incredibly racist. Oh, yeah. One of his, I guess, lesser known works is called On the Creation of N-Words. Ah, yeah, Where that's not he a great compares start. black people to beasts and uh-huh. says that white is the superior race. So we will not be performing any Lovecraftian rituals. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. He uh, he is yeah. what the kids call canceled. Um a <laughs> <laughs> hundred years later. <laughs> He's very dead. Yeah. Uh yeah. Okay. Nope. There is a TV show that's out now that's supposed to be really good. It's called Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of, like, I uh, I mean, Seuss was racist. Like, <laughs> all these guys, late 1800s, all these white guys. I don't want to say all of them. but No, yeah, it, not all it, of them. Come out. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it, yeah. Very blatantly, like, harsh overtones of, of racism. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean... Some things, some things are are like really transparent in, mm-hmm. in pop culture from like you know from upwards like of a hundred years 1900s. ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't want to say. Yeah, I'm, uh, there's never an excuse for that. So no, no, it's not like <laughs> well, it was a different time. Yeah, like no, like, don't you, be an asshole. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> or an asshole. Yeah, uh, I mentioned already. Spectre Vision already produced Mandy. Yes. Um. This movie won two awards. Ooh, tell me. Uh, I guess it probably wouldn't be a Razzie. It was not a Razzie. And I know it, it wasn't was, an Academy Award. No. It was things I've never heard of. Independent The Fantastic film? Festival. Ooh, okay. It won Best Horror Film. Okay. And then at the Toronto Film Festival. Oh, I guess I've heard of that. That's, yeah. I know where Toronto is. Yeah. Um, I know where Toronto <laughs> is. <laughs> Been there, in fact. Uh-huh. Creative Coalition Spotlight Award. Not oh. sure what that means, but it that went to honorary. Nicolas Cage. Oh. <laughs> it sounds honorary. It does sound honorary. It doesn't sound like a real one, but I, it's fine. Yeah, it kind of sounds like something that they just gave him as like a Lifetime Achievement Award, yeah, but not a, specific to this movie. Yeah, it's a Spotlight Award. Who else was he up against? If the spotlight's on five people, it's not really a Spotlight Award. <laughs> I you know? Really know, I don't know. I, I, I'm just spitballing here. I don't know that for sure. And uh, more about Richard Stanley and Nick's relationship. Richard Stanley loved the vampire's kiss. Of course. And he, he asked Nick to channel that energy for this performance, which I can 100% see now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, makes sense. I mean, you mentioned accents earlier. <laughs> and there's just so much. There's a lot. There's a lot. There is a lot. There's a Nick lot. thinks that his performance <laughs> was inspired by Jack Nicholson's performance in Five Easy Pieces, specifically a scene where he freaks out in the car. Oh, Nick's scene where he freaks out in the car? Yeah. Is inspired by a, a similar Jack scene from Nicholson's Jack Nicholson's Five Easy Pieces character. Okay. I've never seen that movie. Nor have I. <laughs> um, but I think it's pretty easy to see that his character is inspired by himself in Vampire's Kiss. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't see this, I don't see Nicolas Cage's performance being inspired by anybody other than Nicolas Cage. He's just yeah, himself. he is just himself. Yeah. And that is all and he I, will be. And I feel like he and the director worked together to make clear decisions yeah. so that he could import more of himself into this movie. Yes. And... I think there was a lot of concern that Richard Stanley would be like stale since he hasn't directed mm. anything in 20 something years. Yeah. So Nick really took the reins. <laughs> okay. Um, he was, yeah. I read an article and he was saying that, you know, on the first day of rehearsal, it's tip, it's like, I guess, best practice for people to just get to know each other and not really look at the scripts, but Nick was like, we don't have a lot of time. I think that we should look at the script. And he was like trying to get people off their feet and looking at the script. And That's good. 
Yeah, but like Richard Stanley should be doing that kind of thing. Uh, oh, He's absolutely. the director. Yeah, I, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so I think after a few days, Richard Stanley kind of like got back into it and shook off the rust yeah. and the racism yeah. and got back to work. Well, that was Lovecraft. Oh, that was Lovecraft. Sorry. Yeah. I'm <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> he, he was, he was abusive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lovecraft was racist. Yes. And Nicolas Cage is just a weirdo. <laughs> the trifecta. And here we are talking about him, all three. Uh, Nick has always wanted to make a Lovecraft adaptation because his father, August Coppola, who was mm. an English teacher, loved mm. H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and then Nick has said that he's always admired old sci-fi movies. Lovecraft has always appealed to my imagination. And I love Richard Stanley's work. I thought that he was the right guy for the job, the elusive job of creating a color that nobody has ever seen before, which <laughs> It um, was pink. <laughs> it was magenta. And he said, I'm not sure if we got to that level, but Richard Stanley was the right guy for the job. So he even admitted that the colors is, it's it's magenta. <laughs> it's magenta. I'm going to use this color that nobody's ever seen before. It's magenta. Which I was reading about, and it's like, it's the combination of Roy G. Biv that like creates magenta. Okay. And like wavelengths are all there, there right. and like the color code for online you know on the internet for color codes it's uh-huh. like an even number for magenta it's like 300 100 300 oh, okay okay i was gonna like say that. an even number isn't that impressive but yeah 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 or yeah. 300 300 300 or something okay. like that all i don't right. know whatever so yeah yeah um <laughs> that's all i have on the movie but okay. as i mentioned last week Oh, yeah. A fantastic article came out in the year 2019. It is on the New York Times. Of course. Free, free, fresher. It is called Nicolas Cage on his legacy, his philosophy of acting, and his metaphorical and literal search for the Holy Grail. Oh, yes. I will remind you what he looks like on the cover. (laughs) He is wearing shades, a leather jacket, and a bunch of rings, as he does. Also, forgot to mention... Richard Stanley looks exactly like someone that Nick would want to be friends with, as does every other director that he likes working with does. Um, here's a photo of the two of them. Would you like to describe? Uh, wow, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Richard Stanley is, is wearing a black cowboy hat and an all-black suit, I guess. And a bolo tie. And a bolo tie. Nicolas Cage is wearing like a bedazzled but also furry leather jacket. Ooh, there's one where he's got his, his finger and his thumb on his chin and going like, hmm, that's Richard Stanley with a little goatee. Do you remember what the villain, I believe it's from Pocahontas, looks like? Uh, it looks like Richard Stanley. <laughs> so, yes, I do remember what yeah, that looks like. He yeah. wears like purple, I think. Not the tall, skinny guy. Yeah, this guy. He, yeah, Ratcliffe. <laughs> he looks so, like Richard Stanley. I was surprised that you didn't mention the firing of Richard Stanley on his previous movie, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Talking about Nick. Yeah, that's true. It's just a wild story. I <laughs> didn't. Yeah, there's you apparently go a. Di- it? I'm looking. I was curious, so I'm looking it up. And a uh, an article came up about how Nick Cage and a Ouija board brought Richard Stanley back to directing. <laughs> oh my god! So give that a read if you're if you have any interest in this interesting yet also uh, flawed character that is Richard Stanley. <laughs> yeah, Nick said that he loves working with directors like Richard Stanley. Um, because of their creative vision, which sure. I think means that they let Nick do what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah. He said the same about Panos Cosmatos, who's the Mandy director. <laughs> oh, yes. And then who's the guy that directed the one that the production company took away from them? John something. Oh, gosh. I can't remember his name. Payne, maybe? No. Something Payne? No, I don't recall. What was that movie called? <laughs> it was called Dying Dark, of the Light. Dying of the Light, yeah. yeah. So that guy. Uh-huh. So uh, Nick has only really ever mentioned like three different directors, and it's those three <laughs> that he loved working with. Ah, yes. Okay. So back to this article. Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader. Why did we go off topic? Oh, because I was describing the photo of in the article, and then I needed to show Steve 
that Richard Stanley looks just like the villain from Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes from full circle. Yeah, so, so Nick Cage on uh, his search for the Holy Grail. So uh, today we're going to talk about Nick Cage's search for the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> so it starts with Nick uh, speaking about generational wealth, which mm-hmm. sounds like an interesting segue into this, but bear with me. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, As I also mentioned previously, whoever the interviewer is asks the hard-hitting questions and really doesn't hold back and calls them out on his shit, which is very fun to read. Yeah, you're going to have to listen to all of our 2019 episodes if you want some recaps of this article. Exactly, or you could just read the fucking article. Or you could just read the article. (laughs) What are we even doing here? (laughs) Okay, Uh, so the question is, you grew up middle class among a lot of rich people, right? And it's like, okay. Sure, his dad was an English teacher. I don't know what his mom did. Uh-huh. However, come on. Yeah. His uncle. His uncle, yeah. Directed what many call the greatest movie ever made. The Godfather, yeah. right? I mean, his whole family is wealth. Right. And they had wealth before Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola. And his brother directed the second greatest movie ever made. <laughs> Dead Deadfall. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just swimming in cash. They're Scrooge McDuck style dive using a diving board into a big pile of coins. Well, anyway, he's saying that um, they lived modestly. They were on the outskirts of Beverly Hills. He took the bus to school, but some of the older boys that were going to school um, drove Maseratis and Ferraris. Mm. I felt that because my name was Coppola, there was a misunderstanding as to what I did and didn't have. It was very frustrating for me because like any other young man, I was interested in dating. I wanted to be impressive. Um, I didn't know how to be impressive to a young woman on the bus if the other guys were taking her out in a Ferrari. My uncle was very generous. I would visit him during the summer. And during those summers, I really wanted to be him. I wanted to have mansions. That is what drove me. Wealth. <laughs> so then the, uh, the interviewer says, okay, well, you were so insecure about money as a young man. Did that color your attitude about finances, wealth, and buying things and materialism mm-hmm. and what success looks like? And Nick says, you have good investments and bad investments. And we know that he's made plenty of bad investments. Yeah, some people have more bad investments than good investments. Nicholas Cage. He says, the good investments come from personal interest and my honest enjoyment of history. For example, Action Comics number one, I bought that for $150,000 and then it was stolen. Yeah. But then I got it back and I sold it for $2 million. Yeah. That was a good thing to have. I had an interest that was sincere the funny thing is, my real estate buying spree was what the real problem was. It wasn't like these other things, like shrunken heads that the media likes to talk about. So then the interviewer says, or how about that stolen dinosaur skull that you purchased? Right. He said, or an octopus. What is an octopus? $80? You're not going to go into <laughs> dire straits buying an octopus. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, it's very reminiscent of Arrested <laughs> Development. Where it's it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? Ten dollars. <laughs> it's like Nicolas Cage. You just talked about how you grew up surrounded by wealth. You definitely and told that you were someone so poor. Yeah. So what's an octopus? Eighty bucks. What's uh, it to you? How much? You have to care for an octopus. <laughs> yes. You need a giant tank and octopus food. You got to ship in octopus. What do they even eat? Animal like fish. I don't know. They, you, so you got to buy like small fish every week. Yeah, I don't think an octopus is a cheap pet to have. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he is no. It, it's I don't know. He he has no idea no, he has what no wealth is of, of like money or time. No, of course not. And even though he's had like financial struggles, he's still he's still a celebrity. He was yeah. always going to be fine. Yeah, he has no idea. <laughs> he has no idea. <laughs> so frustrating. He said the dinosaur skull was an unfortunate thing because I spent $276,000 on it. Um, it was abducted from Mongolia and then I had to give it back. I never got my money back. So that really sucked. And then he said, <laughs> I went years where all I was doing was meditating three times a day, reading books on philosophy and not drinking whatsoever. Mm. I assume alcohol, not water. <laughs> That was the time that I went on, you might call, a grail quest. Uh Uh-huh. I started following mythology. I was finding properties that aligned with it. It was almost like national treasure. Oh, my God. Uh, Of course, that didn't sustain. 
On top of which, I said I'm about to get off philosophy, like it's a drunk or something. <laughs> <laughs> because I came like a, I became like a kite with a string, but no anchor. No one could understand what I was talking about, and I thought people would see me as an orangutan rather than this eagle meditating on the mountaintop. <laughs> okay. What the fuck is this you guy going on about? You can't say that shit in the same breath as saying I no longer have a philosophy. Yeah. Right. I no longer have a philosophy. I don't drink anymore. I, I don't have a, philosophy. But I was a kite in the wind without an anchor. I am the meditating eagle. Those are philosophies. And and then the and then the interviewer goes, "Wait, what do you mean that you were on a grail quest? You find it, you found properties that properties that aligned with that." He said one thing would lead to another. It's when you build a library, you read a book, and then there's a reference to another book, and then you buy that book, and then you attach the references. For me, it was all about where was the grail? Was it here? Was it there? Is it in Glastonbury? Does it exist? And And then the guy's like, okay, I thought you were being metaphorical about going on a quest, but I guess you were literally on a quest. He's like, yeah, if you go to Glastonbury, there's a spring that tastes like blood. I guess it's I guess it's really because there's iron in the water, but the legend has it that that place was a grail chalice or two cruets, rather, one of blood and one of sweat. But that led there to being talk that people had come to Rhode Island and they were looking for something as well. And then the guy's like, wait, so that's why you bought the property in Rhode Island? Because <laughs> yeah, he has a he had yeah. a castle in Glastonbury yeah. and then he had a castle in Rhode Island. Yeah. So this guy literally bought these two fucking properties to search for the Holy Grail. Yeah. You can just watch the Spamalot fictional Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah. 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 Written by what? Mark Twain? Did Mark Tra- Twain write about the Holy Grail? No. I mean, the early prophets who wrote the bible oh it is the holy grail is is the chalice that jesus drank out of oh i thought it was like a king arthur era thing oh was it i thought i don't know wait didn't king arthur come after jesus though yeah yeah that's what i mean so but i believe that that the grail is the chalice that he drank out of in the last supper now now i've got to look it up i don't know anything about this (laughs) anyway he said what I ultimately found is what is the grail but earth itself. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I was right. So divine. I was right that it is m- mythological or uh, in literature, it is the, the chalice that Jesus drank out of Got it. Uh, at the Last Supper. And it was then morphed into Arthurian literature. So you were correct there. And I'm assuming it's meant to represent something that you're always searching for. Yeah. But can't find. Perhaps. Which is earth. But you can find that um, right beneath your feet. I think. And I don't. He spent a lot of money to find that he the sure girl did. was really there all along. It was the it was the friends he made. Along I was, was going to. I had my lips pursed about about to say the exact same phrase. <laughs> the metaphor was earth itself. That the. the that earth is divine. The holy grail is the friends you made along the way. <laughs> And also the orb that we live on. Right. It's not real. You'll never find it. But maybe if you buy two very expensive properties, you'll get closer. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's all in the paperwork. It's in the bylines. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's in the, it's it's in in like the fine this, print. It, it's um, on the back of the declaration. <laughs> it's on the back of the Declaration of Independence. So Nicolas Cage bought the Independence Center. <laughs> oh, my God. He bought the Liberty Bell. I'm like... What what was that? What was yeah. that? What did I just read to you? I don't know. But you know what? It can't be weirder than what we're about to talk about, unless you've got any more background information. No, sir. Let's get into it. Let's get into the movie, Color Out of Space 2019. Holy shit, this thing's weird. So bear with us as we discuss this weird-ass movie. And as Hannah mentioned, it is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Uh, Sci- sci-fi horror. Sci-fi horror. So the first handful of scenes I'll skip over because we're already pr- pretty <laughs> running pretty long here, yeah. but for good I reason. Get ex- I get excited about that article. Oh my God, it's such a good it's, article. It's got so much meat. <laughs> it does have so Potatoes. much meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's got so much meat that comes from an animal that bangs. That, that bangs in a, <laughs> bangs that, in a, <laughs> in a dignified, dignified manner. I don't think you could say bang and dignify <laughs> no, in the same sentence, so. but I did. This feels like an oxymoron. 
So the first few scenes of this movie are Nicolas Cage and his family establishing the nice family who moves into a new house, the motif that you get in any horror movie where it's like, they're a nice, somewhat dysfunctional family in this house. Nicholas Cage. No, any nice, any nice home comes with a a, a gaggle of alpacas. I don't know what a group oh. of alpacas are called. <laughs> uh, we can probably look that up as well. Let's find. That's out. okay. <laughs> I like to think it's a gaggle. A, a cons- herd. A That's con- boring. <laughs> a consortium of alpacas. A murder of alpacas, which will come in later, but. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he gets an alpaca farm, uh, inherited from his father. Actually, he inherits the farm or really just the land from his father and buys the alpacas later, mm-hmm. which the, con- fam- the Congress of alpacas, the Congress of alpacas that his family is very concerned about. Why did you buy all these alpacas? And he makes a joke along the lines of like, well, their meat is delicious. You've never eaten until you've had alpaca meat. And they're like, no. And they all have this like kind of awkward silence. And at this point, it's been established that the mother has cancer. So it's likely that they're using the alpaca fur in some capacity, whether she's going to go through chemo and be very cold. So she wants the warm alpaca fur. Or maybe they're going to make some kind of wig out of it or something. I don't know. They milk them. Oh, they milk them. Well, yeah, but you you have to milk I don't think you do. I don't think you have to. I don't think people I, milk alpaca. There was a moment at a dinner table early where it was like they awkwardly looked at the mother and was like, oh, right. Sorry. Now I remember why we got the alpacas. It was for mom because she has cancer. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So there is a great moment, an early nouveau moment where Nicolas Cage <laughs> approaches his family at the dinner table after having cooked a bad meal for his family says he sings to someone. What does he make? Cassoulet. Cassoulet. So it's like a fish stew or something like that? It's just a bunch of meats all put Ah, together. Yeah. Alpaca, you know. Yeah, alpaca. (laughs) It's just alpaca hooves. (laughs) And it's really, now that I think about it, it's a metaphor for what's to come. Um, (laughs) But Nicolas Cage sings to his family. Time for you to do the dishes. So that's a fun little thing right off the riddle. A little quirky. Yeah. Establishing uh, that this this character has some personality. Yeah. He doesn't have any more personality than his father. That he relays stories about his father. And when he relays stories about his father, he does his British, maybe deep south Philly accent that he does <laughs> in Vampire's Kiss. It all ties together. It all comes back. We mentioned the British accents. We mentioned Vampire's Kiss. This is where the inspiration was drawn from. And he does this accent and he says, You're never going to be a painter, Nathan. So you just look out of my sight, Nathan. Like, what? Like, it, but like without warning, he snaps like, into this it's weird accent. It's like a accent. British slash old Jewish mother. Right. <laughs> and like, he, it's never, it's not different enough from his own voice <laughs> that like, you know, he's doing an impression. No, it took us a second to be like, wait a second. That wasn't that's not how he sounds yeah yeah and so anyhow like i said they're establishing that they've got this nice family so it's nicholas cage and his wife uh richardson what's her first name Jolie. 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 um and uh the wife has cancer and then they have an eldest they have an eldest daughter who is a wiccan and into rituals lavinia uh, her name is Lavinia. Yeah, I was going to... Who is a character from the Dunwick Horror. Apparently, ah. in the short story, Color Out of Space, it's three boys. Ah. And then the Dunwick Horror, the name of the daughter is Lavinia. So, Richard Switched Stanley, it. I guess, or whoever wrote this adaptation, included Lavinia in this one. Lavinia. really weird. She's weird. She's a Wiccan and a, some, she, she's very kind of an odd duck. Yeah. Uh, they have a son who is a stoner, mm-hmm. and they have a little boy who has a zero personality, <laughs> um, but he, he's... He's just small. He's just a little boy with glasses. So, Nicolas Cage and his cancer-ridden wife oh are making love for the first time since the diagnosis, presumably, and they're getting hot and heavy, and as they do... A color out of space, out of space, comes down from space in the form of a meteorite and lands on this farm owner's property. Uh, Little do we know, or we find out that the town has bought up this property or the surrounding properties to make 
a large reservoir, which would help the town, but Nicolas Cage held out he wouldn't buy. So who shows up to look at the meteorite but the sheriff and the mayor? And, and there's also a, a water treatment guy. A hydrologist, who <laughs> was my favorite character, I think, in this movie. <laughs> he is like the only level-headed person in this entire movie. And He's every- the narrator. Yeah, and everybody, every time he shows up, they're like, ah, the scientist. And he's like, I'm, a, I'm just a hydrologist. His and name like, is Ward Phillips. Yes. And H.P. Lovecraft's real name is Howard Phillips. Wow. Or Phipps or something. All or right, whatever. okay. So it's Ward for Howard. Yeah, I like it. That's fun. I mean, yeah. Fun I guess. fact. I guess so. So the mayor shows up and is like, what the hell happened here? And Nicolas Cage seems to be the only one who thinks that the meteorite stinks He's holding his nose and he's he's talking quite like I am currently. <laughs> and and the mayor's like, What happened? And he goes, Well, uh, my wife and I we were making love for the first time in a long time. Like, what it's are like, you doing? Why are you kids? sharing that information? <laughs> right. Just say we were inside and we heard a big boom. Yeah. And then we came outside and it was this m- color I've never seen before. <laughs> it's magenta. like magenta. Okay, I guess I have seen it before. <laughs> so he screams. I guess you can't create a color that no one's seen before. No, yeah. For for this film. Yeah, exactly. You know? They should have like done something cheeky, like made it like Tiffany's blue or something, and see if they get copyright stricken. <laughs> there, Tiffany's is like apparently really adamant about their color, and Are like they? nobody can use the Tiffany's blue. So they they like I said they they should have made Wait, it a more interesting room. color. <laughs> there's some in this room don't tell tiffany that blanket might be tiffany bloom i don't think so it's a very specific shade anyhow <laughs> nicholas cage yells something about alpacas where he has to go and milk his alpacas <laughs> and the hydrologist is there and asking him questions like is there anybody else in the land and he's like oh yeah tommy chong lives down the way um but from Nic- Cheech and Chong. Yeah, from, from Cheech and Chong. Thank you for the clarification. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as he's talking to this hydrologist, he's milking his alpaca, and he says something along the lines of like, It's not like milking a goat. You don't get a lot of milk from alpaca. It takes great patience and technique. And of course, you have to be very gentle with the uh, boat. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, I get that he's recently become a farmer, so, like, he doesn't know the right <laughs> vernacular. He, but, but, come on. Boobs. It's just very The funny. teat. Yeah. So, suddenly, lightning starts striking the meteor, the meteorite that later that night, which destroys or makes the meteor disappear, or it just pushes it further into the ground and infects <laughs> the water, is what we end up learning. So, the news shows up, and I think... What I thought was actually a really funny scene until it wasn't was that the news interviews Nicolas Cage and he's watching it, the interview on TV. Yeah. And his hair is all blown out like we've seen <laughs> legitimately in other movies. And he's standing there yelling at the TV like, oh, come, come on. Who, oh, you couldn't have told me to get a comb. <laughs> yeah. And he's was, like, yeah. And the interview and the interviewer is like, well, what happened? And he's like, well, there was a color and i uh, and never seen and he's before. like they're taking all this stuff out of context and, and like i said i i just thought that was a really genuine funny moment yeah so i won't insert it as like a oh look at how funny he screams because there's better ones later but it felt like the most real thing in the movie but something very surreal happens in this scene because <laughs> the wife is preparing dinner and she's just going and going and going and C- she's cutting, straight cutting up and cutting. yes thank you <laughs> I did not clarify. She is using a sharp-ass knife to cut carrots, and she's cutting and cutting and cutting, and she chops her fingers right off. Yeah. Whoa. Really disgusting. Oh, my God. Like, it, it like, startled us. Yeah. I think because it was paired next to that really earnest scene. Yeah, exactly. And that next was probably Next to Nick being like, oh, my hair's a mess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my hair's a mess. <laughs> chop, chop. Yeah, yeah. So they go to the hospital. It takes a long time to get her fingers reattached. Just uh, Nicholas Cage Nick and, the, and wife. the wife. Yeah, thank you. I, as I've said before, I need you to clarify things for me because I'm trying to like blow through this, but I'm leaving out crucial details. I'm saying going and going instead of cutting and cutting. Like um, it's not I'm even saving for. time. Yeah. <laughs> so they're at the hospital for a long time. They're trying to get in touch with their kids, but they can't. The phone lines are all staticky. They can't get through. Uh, they're on their way home. 
from the hospital, Nick Cage and his one-handed wife. Um, it's all reattached. It's fine. But he is very loudly singing opera music mm-hmm. here. As he does in Vampire's Kiss. Oh, and as he does in Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Yes. <laughs> so it's a very common theme. Oh, and as he does in... The beginning of Leaving Las Vegas. No, Family Man. Family, that's it. Yeah. 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 Wow, he does this thing yeah, a, he lot. Does that a lot. That's like five times we just rattled off and this we weren't is, even trying. He's like, I'm an Italian. This is what I do. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's true. Sometimes I forget he's Italian. <laughs> He's quite Italian. Yeah. So they are driving down the road singing really loud opera music and almost run into a demonic looking cat, which was Tommy Chong's cat, which is, like I said, very demonic looking. It doesn't have any fur and it's like CGI. So it's obviously fake, but it's got these big teeth and it's looking all rabid. They get home and find out that the kids have been through some shit. They were like just... One of them was doing the dishes and then like six hours passed by and she was just like, I don't know what happened to time. Like the kid brought the alpacas in to the barn and then he wakes up six hours later and the alpacas made their way out of the barn somehow. So weird, crazy shit's been happening to them that they can't understand. Mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage gets all pissy about, well, okay. He says, holy shit. They should have been put back in the barn hours ago. You haven't even fed them yet, have you? Dad, I tried, but... What do you mean, you tried? Do you have any idea how much those animals cost us? They are alpacas. Alpacas. In, like, his weird <laughs> British voice. He's doing it again. Yeah, he his character starts to show, I guess, like, the best way to describe it would be signs of, like, bipolar. Yeah, so... Where he'll get, like, really pissy... And then be very lovey. Yeah. And like, I guess the thing that they're trying to do is that the color. Yeah. They're showing that the color impacts all of them differently. Right. So some of them lose time. Some of them think they did something, but didn't. Some of them are hallucinating. Throwing up a lot. Oh, she had stomach problems. Yeah. 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 But like. Water, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So he's like becoming his father, I guess, is what we're meant to believe. Yeah. Or just like becoming. I don't know, like... A dick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Violent? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so he's just being a dick to his kids, and he finally says, all right, I need to I need to get inside. I need to shower. He gets in the shower, and at the drain of the shower is like... A it, blob. It's a blob, which I think is meant to be a breast implant because it's implied that his wife has breast cancer. So did he just imagine that, or did her her breast implant fall out? It's not discussed. But so he picks Wait, up this breast implant. No, 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 because it goes through the drain. Yeah, like it comes to life. But he picks it up. It's this blob. Yeah. And it looks like a silicon. Ah, uh, I never even thought of that. Yeah. Like I said, I mean. But it like gives him a rash. Too. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So he picks it up Sorry. and it like gra- and it like forms tendrils and like goes and shoots down his arm. And he, he shakes screams, it off. Screams, yeah. Yeah, he screams. But earlier in the movie, you know, his wife was upset about something, and he goes, "Don't worry, you know, I've always been an ass man or a legs man or something yeah. like that." You know, it's like it's okay. We'll get you implants or something. So like, I have a feeling like I don't it know was why, like a, like a chicken cutlet kind of boob thing. I mean, yeah, I guess. If she hasn't gotten the implant yet. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was It's not like, like, a... Im- like implants are not external, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it was like a, you know, they, they, they the doctor sent, sent her home with it to figure out what size they want or something. But I don't know. It uh, came to life. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Interesting. I thought it was just like an alien. <laughs> I no, Well, because I think the aliens were the, at least we were meant to believe. Uh, believe that the aliens were praying mantis looking yeah or actually i think the alien was just the color the alien is the color yeah and then it infects things a praying mantis a boob implant (laughs) but the boob implant wasn't a color it was just clear Clear. that's true so i don't know what i don't know 
whatever. Anyway, it was a weird scene. But like one of, I guess, the signs of Nick being infected, I guess we can call it by the color, yeah. is that he hallucinates things. Oh, yeah. Big time. That's Whereas true. like the others don't really hallucinate things. Yeah, maybe the son hallucinates the, the youngest son the youngest hallucinates. Son. Yeah. Or he's genuinely connected to the aliens because he's always like, I'm talking to my friends. Right. And yeah. It's very, very odd. Yeah. So he is upset uh, uh, because of what happened in the shower and comes out of the shower and into the bedroom and he's doing his British accent again. He's and being it was, a dick. And he's being a dick. And it was here where you had mentioned that he sounds like Moira Rose yes. <laughs> from Shit's Creek. <laughs> Like, I found a breast implant in the shower. Like, he doesn't call it that specifically. That's why we had that extended conversation about it. But <laughs> it was like that. And that's what his voice is like. So it's the next day. And ever since the meteor, like, disintegrated into the ground after it got struck by lightning, mm-hmm. all of these, like, beautifully colored flowers and plant life has been growing like incredibly around his his garden and his house and in the well drink well water yeah so he picks these giant tomatoes and these giant peaches and he takes them inside and he bites each of them one by one and realizes (laughs) that he can no longer taste which is fast forward to covid am i right it's a little foreshadowing whoa but he has a great (laughs) series of screams here you know i did everything i was supposed to do I fought every fucking rule in the book. In the end, they still fucking taste like shit. You know what? Fuck that. Okay, coming up. You know what? Okay, stop it. Stop it. Slam it. <laughs> Great stuff. Really good stuff. They don't look like peaches at all. Well, some of them are tomatoes, and they're like giant. They all look like tomatoes. There were some peaches. You said the opposite during the movie. You were like, those look like peaches. And I was like, yeah, well, there's also tomatoes. You're like, they look like peaches to me. I'm like, yeah, well, there's peaches and tomatoes. We've had this exact same conversation, except in reverse. I remember they only looked like tomatoes. There were peaches in there. Okay. I think. I don't fucking know. He only talked about the peaches. But they were tomatoes. That's why they didn't taste good. No. (laughs) Because he was like listening to a book on tape or something about gardening tomatoes. So that's how you know it's tomatoes. Plus, they grew on a vine that were only like waist high or something. Where did peaches come from? Because he picked all the tomatoes and then he turned around and said, oh, wow, we got peaches too. And he grabbed the peaches. And so he had a big bowl of peaches and tomatoes. That's what he's growing on this farm. I don't make the rules. (laughs) (laughs) So anyhow... He is all pissed off about his peaches and tomatoes, or exclusively one and not the other, (laughs) tasting like shit, so much so that he pours himself a drink and falls asleep. And as he falls asleep, his wife is going to look for their youngest son, who's made their way into the barn. Uh, (sighs) the, the, The mom and the youngest son are in the barn see the color start expanding from the barn and they run away. Well, they, they, they first embrace. See... Well, we'll get to that because we don't see it yet as the Oh, audience. okay. So they embrace as the color hits like, them. Hits them like a beam of light, like like almost like tentacles and tendrils like uh uh hitting them. Um they they get <laughs> They get fused together, and it's gross looking. Like, like the kid's face is growing out of her back. Mm -hmm. And she's very, like, translucent and veiny. And she's got, like, 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 pox, like, like, big bulging, like, boils on her. And, like, that dried, rotted skin that Nicolas Cage also has on his arms, and, like, they can't speak. They're like making guttural noises and their uh-huh. faces look like zombies. And they're just like arms and legs sticking screaming. out. They're just moaning and screaming. I wrote in my notes, <laughs> all caps, yo, the <laughs> fuck? Because up to this point, it was like, all right, these aliens are doing some weird shit. And then we had a fused human. That anyway, was disgusting. Anyway, that's why the fam. That's why it was funny this morning. This morning, in the, earlier in the podcast, when I said the family learns to get closer, closer together. Together. 
that explains the Basically, joke. <laughs> yes. As well. So Nicolas Cage is like, we got to take them to the hospital. Like, they know what to do. <laughs> he can't get his car started. None of their phones are working. So the color or the aliens, whatever you want to call them, are just fucking with them. Fucking with them. <laughs> Big time. And so this is the car scene where he's in the car and he apparently channels Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And, and starts Yeah, and screams. Out. You fucking cocksucker! You cocksucker! You cocksucker! It's like an ape. Uh, he goes Amazing. back. Amazing. And- Should we comment on it? I mean, sure. I don't recall the scene like exactly. Like I just wrote down, "You it, fucking cocksuckers!" It's, ah. it's the same shit that he always does. He always does that. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> this is nothing new. Yeah, yeah. This is not the quality of Mandy. No. In terms of like his freakout session. Yeah, he's be- he's had better freakouts. He's had better freakouts. Yeah, this but it's felt- a good one. It's good. Yeah, but it's like okay, it's Nick Cage freaking out like. Sometimes, I don't know, sometimes when I watch actors, I forget that they're not only acting, but also who they are. I think of them just as their character. Right. Rarely do I ever think of Nicolas Cage as anyone other than Nick Cage, with the exception of a few of his movies, Mandy being one of them. Okay. I did not think of him as, I mean, always in the back of my head, obviously it's Nick Cage playing a character. But when I was watching Mandy, I was so in the moment that I saw him as whatever his character's name was in this he was always just nick cage and yeah. usually when he yells like that it's be- it's like it kind of takes you out of it you're like okay it's nick doing his shtick yeah it's his cage rage and um, yeah so you know that scene but i mean it's great like that's oh, what we're here for it's what we that's signed up why for. we watched this movie and all other 90 something of them 93 others My we're God. on episode 94 my goodness yes <laughs> so he goes back inside and he's like we gotta take your mom and your brother upstairs and i ro- again wrote down in all caps this is so weird <laughs> because again they're just like yeah and they're like it's crazy man it's it's a lot he grabs a couple of shotguns and goes out to the barn yeah nick does. nick nick does he goes out to the barn where he sees his alpacas, which, similar to his wife and son, are f- and similar fused to his, together. It's similar to his cassoulet. <laughs> <laughs> it is a literal pile of meat yep. with alpaca heads, like, zombified and sticking out. Yeah, very and similar to how that cat looked. Just, like, these stringy saliva and, like, mm-hmm. these jagged Big teeth. Eye, and- like... Yeah, bulging eyes. Bulging eyes. Kind of like sallow skin, kind yeah. of translucent. Ugh, yeah. It's really like gooey looking. And there's just like hoofs. Yeah, it's just a pile of meat. It's <laughs> nasty. And Nick Cage, I think justifiably, oh, yeah. is just screaming his head oh, off yeah. as this he just shotguns. A, this is a crazy scene. And blasts each of these alpacas oh, in the God. head and one you watch, by one. And you watch them explode and the blood splatter Ugh. all over Nick's face and all over the barn. But it's it, so disgusting. In doing the analysis and talking through this just now, it kind of dawns on me that he may have gotten these alpacas to help his wife through a difficult time. And the alpacas were the ones who got infected by the color and gave off the color that basically ruined his wife's life. Yeah. Which is interesting. I mean, some may say that the cancer would have ruined her life. Right. But like there's treatments for the cancer. Like There is no treatment for this. There's no (laughs) treatment for this. Like even if you could get the car started, even if you could call 911. What are they going to do? Be like... Hey, my, my wife, wife and just son fused together. Fused. Okay, what do and you my, mean? And all like, my alpacas are also fused. Okay, like were they like did somebody handcuff them together? Were they burned? Did they get a burn? And like, did you accidentally use super glue? There's no like yeah. my wife's eating. My wife's body is enveloping my son. <laughs> His little face is sticking out of her back. 
It's just like a so horrific disgusting. conjoined twin. <laughs> but they're not twins because they're very different ages. <laughs> Crazy man. So yeah, he's blowing he's blowing these alpacas to chunks. And Ew, uh chunks. He goes back up to the attic where his wife and fused son <laughs> are with his daughter and non-fused son. And he's got the shotgun in hand and he's like, I'm gonna have to kill them. He doesn't end up killing them in this scene, but he does like kiss her goodbye, which is disgusting. Uh, there's a lot of goo. There's so much goo that comes out of that kiss. It's nasty. It's a stringy kiss. Yeah, it's disgusting. So the non-fused kids go looking for the dog i guess and the son is like the dog's in the well i'm gonna go down in the well and save him i guess he becomes an idiot because of the color so (laughs) that's like his affliction is he becomes really stupid because why would you ever go into a well to save your dog that's fused with a well it's no the dog's gone who cares get a new dog your mom and your your mom and your brother your, your mom and your brother are one human being right now that can like barely breathe. Yeah, it's his, his affliction is stupid. His stupidity. <laughs> and so, as, as his as Nicholas Cage's daughter is trying to reach in and grab the son who gets got by the color has that she, comes spewing out of the well. She... Not yet, I don't believe. <laughs> he he grabs his daughter, and oh, I think she has actually. Yeah. yeah okay. So his daughter at one point uses her not satanic but like Wiccan, Wiccan rituals powers. or something. The and, same ritual that Stan, yeah. <laughs> Richard Stanley and Henrik Muller did. And she carves all these symbols into her skin and like on her face. And I guess in a desperation attempt, she's hoping that it will help her Honestly, parents. Yeah, or I her mean, mom. Yeah. This mystical, weird, goo, like color shit. Like, yeah. Maybe Yog Sothoth is real. Yog. What do we call him? Yog suck ass? Soft ass. Soft ass. That's what it was. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know. So, I mean, she did a ritual earlier in the movie and, and you know, whatever. But uh, so she's all cut up and bleeding. Nicholas Cage saves her from going into the well. And um, he locks her in the room. Yeah, he, like, his bipolarism comes out. I don't know what yeah. to call it. I don't know yeah. that's offensive to call it that, but... Yeah, it might be for people with bipolar, but I, I don't know what else to call it, because it is, yeah. essentially, he's, like, split personality almost. Yeah, and but, like, one extreme to the other. Right. Where he's and... super lovey, and then he's, like, incredibly hateful. Yeah, so in his hateful <laughs> mode, he traps his daughter in the attic with the fused mother and son, who have now turned into a giant spooky spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can talk and where yeah. so like the arms and legs have formed into like a spider kind of thing yeah it's uh terrifying weird. really odd and, and scary they like this spider thing tackles the daughter yeah and is like lavinia love me <laughs> or like kill me i don't even remember what it I says don't know what so it said fucking scared i think it just kept thing. saying her name yeah and uh who bursts in but the, the lo- hydrologist the lo- the local <laughs> sheriff and in the hydrologist who they had a previous scene earlier about like a love affair between Lavinia and the hydrologist well that but then the hydrologist was talking to someone you know at the city hall and was like hey the water's not safe to drink uh, among many other things <laughs> and um and so the the sheriff is like hey science guy and he's like I'm a hydrologist He's like, take a look at this, and it's more fused animals all together, and it's like, oh shit, we we need to go find Lavinia. Uh, I don't know. So her, they her satanic rituals will solve this. That's not what they say, but basically, <laughs> uh, they burst into this room and they are so stunned at what they're seeing that they do nothing. But Nicolas Cage bursts in and shoots his wife, son, and son, both son spider in their respective faces, <laughs> so that. It does not attack his daughter anymore. Even uh, though he just wanted her to die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said, feed your mother. Yeah. Is what he said. Yeah. So, Nick Cage. So, the hydrologist picks up Lavinia and walks them, walks downstairs and outside, and Nick Cage is behind them. Nick Cage pulls out his gun, 
to shoot at the color. To shoot color. at the color that's coming out of the well or out of the barn or something. But Lavinia and the hydrologist are between Nick Cage and the color. So the cop the sheriff, thinks yeah. that Nick Cage is about to shoot them and shoots Nick Cage and he putters out and dies. Also, when the cop first shows up, He's talking, Nick Cage is talking like a kid who's like been caught doing something. Oh, yeah. Like, I just don't know where everyone is. I was and then And then he's drink. like, they're right here. Yeah. <laughs> We're watching TV together. We're all watching TV together. And it's like, <laughs> I, I it's, it's very childlike. Anyhow, Nick Cage dies. Hydrologist is having a time fending off the color is go, goes back inside to hide from the color. He goes inside and sees In like Nicolas Cage. Oh, right. He sees Nicolas Cage sitting upright at the table or whatever. And he's like, oh, I, I thought, thought you died. I thought the sheriff killed you. And Nicolas Cage is being all spooky and like he's attacks like, him. No. He's like, arr, arr, arr. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the hydrologist hides in the cellar and the color goes back into space. Yeah, it's it was out of space. Now it is in space. And uh, there's a voiceover of the hydrologist looking Walking. over the reservoir. Yeah, I was going to say he's on like a dam. He's like, I'll never drink the water. And now he smokes cigarettes. And yeah. That's it. Yep. That's the spooky that's, movie. That was it. Uh, that the movie f- was fu- fucking the weird. The fusion really got us. Uh, that was fucking wild, man. No- nothing else to say than that. Uh, any other closing thoughts, Han, or should we get into some Nick Cage awards? We're already running a bit behind. Let's award this motherfucker. Uh, best supporting actor, actor, or actress. Um, you liked the hydrologist. I did like the hydrologist. <laughs> he was definitely a highlight for me. Let's give it to him. Love it. Uh, best dressed. I, he doesn't really have that many. Probably him with like the blood from the. Ooh, alpacas. the alpaca blood on his face. Love that. Worst Nicolas Cage scene. Um, I think it's probably the one when he's explaining to the mayor that he and his wife were making love Ooh, when yeah. the color out of space arrived. And he's the only one who thinks it smells. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Best Nicolas Cage scene. That's a tough That's one. That's really tough. He's got a lot. He has the one where he's shooting the alpaca fusion. That's good. That's good. He has the one where he is screaming in the car. Oh, yeah. Freaking out. Mm. Um, what are my other options? He has a freak out where he eats all the tomatoes and peaches and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. Singing opera. Singing opera, yeah. Probably the alpaca scene. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the one of the iconic scenes from this movie that you'd be remiss if you didn't take it mm. if you, as the award. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are my sentences making sense? No, but I, I, I get it. You get it. <laughs> it's all that matters here. No Be- one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Best Nicolas Cage scream. There's a few options. There are. There's the tomatoes. There's the opera. I like the tomatoes. There's the car. What does he say with the tomatoes? Uh, I think he says something along the lines of like, I did everything that I was supposed to and they still fucking taste like shit. And then he throws them away and he goes, slam dunk. Mm, that's a good one, Tim. What, in the car, what does he say? <laughs> fucking what? You fucking cocksuckers. Yeah, that, ah, that, ah, that, ah, that. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some other like really loud screams in this movie, but they're definitely justified. Mm-hmm. Because he's shooting all these alpacas and he's shooting his wife in the head. Yeah. That's become a spooky, fused spider monster. With his son. Uh, Han, what is the most nouveau shamanic moment? That's a great, great, great <laughs> question. Probably his use of accent. Ooh, love that. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. No. Yeah, it made no sense in Vampire's Kiss. No. Yep. So we did it here, too. We sure did. <laughs> It's a hallmark <sighs> trademark of Nicolas Cage's nouveau shamanicism. You are spot just on. So spot on and eloquent. Astute. Eloquent. Both. Yeah. All of that. All of I'm not that. eloquent. I might be astute though. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> compromise. It's how relationships work, you know? <laughs> yeah, a lot of that in this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. A lot of compromise in this movie. Uh okay, where are we ranking this one? <laughs> Um, 
It was it was uh, it was really something. It truly was, and there was a lot of cagey stuff in this. There was. Okay, well, where was Mandy? I, I'm not saying that I think it should go anywhere close to Mandy. Mandy is currently at number ten. Yeah, no, it's okay. not going like in the top <laughs> okay. twenty. All right, how about like twenty four? Wow, twenty four. Very specific. Red Rock West. Yeah, better. Better than Red Rock West. Uh, World Trade Center is above that. It's hard with that one. Yeah. What's next? The Trust. Ooh, I liked that one. I like that one a lot, too. Put, but put them between those. All right, cool. So that's going to put this one at number 23, which is a spooky number. <gasps> the number 23? Oh, my goodness. That's a Jim Carrey movie. It's Tune in for our next fitting. podcast where we watch every Jim Carrey movie. I'm not doing no. this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Han. Like I said, I'm sort of blazing through these last few segments because it's been a hell of a time with this movie. Mm -hmm. Next week, we're watching a movie called Running with the Devil, which by all accounts is a very generic drug cartel movie. Oh, man. uh, You know, Nick, he either plays a... Cop or a criminal. Yep. Very rarely a farmer. Sometimes a scientist. Sometimes a scientist. (laughs) Uh, it's got a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes, so we're in for a treat. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Excellent. All right, let's Might end not it. be next week, but we'll oh, yeah. do our best. Yeah. Uh, are we uh, closing this thing out? Yeah, I think you should. Okay. I think you should. <laughs> Ooh, I don't want to. Okay. Well, then I'll, then I don't know where <laughs> this is going. Anyway, um, don't forget, uh, we always will be here for you through Nick and Thin. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. <laughs>